This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. I'm Dave Brown. It's Monday, January the 9th, 2023. Coming up in the second hour of the show, Sony has introduced an adaptive gaming kit at this year's CES. Steven Scott of Double Tap TV will fill you in with those details. And in the roundtable chat, Alex Smythe wants to know what events are marking your calendar for 2023. You're already making plans to hang out with your friends to watch the Oscars. Maybe it's WrestleMania, or for me, it's the college football playoffs tonight, although I have no friends and no one wants to watch them with me. Let's begin the hour with the regional news updates. Beginning in British Columbia, some libraries on Vancouver Island have eliminated late fees in a move to ensure equal access to its services. The Vancouver Island Regional Library officially became fine-free on January 1st. Library Executive Director Ben Hyman says the decision to drop fines allows more families and seniors to have access to connections and reading and education materials at the library. He says the elimination of the late fees also means no person will suffer the embarrassment of fines that restrict the ability to read or have access to other items at the library. Over to the prairies, Alberta Health Services says a hospital in the province's northwest had to close its emergency department yesterday due to a staffing shortage. The announcement from AHS said the Beaver Lodge Hospital's emergency department closed at 3 p.m. on Sunday but would reopen at 8 a.m. today i.e. right now. AHS said it was a temporary measure and all of the other services at the site would continue to operate normally. Patients seeking emergency services were referred to other emergency departments in the surrounding communities. Over to Ontario, four recent deaths from suspected opioid overdoses in central Ontario has triggered police to issue a public warning. Karen Rebo explains. The Ontario Provincial Police Force is advising of a highly potent and potentially fatal strain of illicit opioids they say may be circulating north of Toronto, specifically in Simcoe County and in the district municipality of Muskoka. The OPP's Southern Georgian Bay Detachment responded to a report Tuesday of two women in their early 20s found dead of a suspected opioid overdose at a home. Three days later, two men in their mid-40s were found dead inside a motel in Gravenhurst. Police note symptoms of fentanyl an opioid overdose can include difficulty walking, talking, or staying awake, blue lips or nails, and cold and clammy skin. Karen Rebo, the Canadian Press. And finally, in the Atlantic region, the PEI government is asking Islanders to weigh in on the next provincial budget. The government is working on the 2023-2024 operating budget. The province says an online survey seeking input and suggestions is open until tomorrow, not giving you a lot of time to think about your thoughts there, and residents are also invited to email a submission on the budget or participate in a virtual consultation. Amazing thing, that democracy, when you let voters decide what they want in the budget. What a novel concept. Let's bring in Brock Richardson for a sports chat.
Mr. Richardson, today we talk football. We'll jump into hockey and basketball as the week moves along, but I really want to get your perspective on the NFL playoff schedule, which is going to be a little bit wonky and weird due to some of the scheduling changes around the medical issue, the cardiac arrest of Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin. In the end, Brock, the way the scenarios played out yesterday, it means we're not going to see any of that playoff chaos this weekend, but certainly later in the playoffs, the possibility of neutral site games is going to be in play for Cincinnati, Kansas City, and Buffalo. So, Brock, as we've had a chance to digest the weekend's result and the playoff schedule, what do you make of it? I um still i i struggle between humanity and um scheduling of the uh football game but i think if we're settled on the humanity side of things then this is probably is about as fair as fair as you can get i don't think it would i did hear rumor for a while that uh you know kansas city would you know, pick whether they wanted um, home field or the bye. Uh, I, I didn't like that. I do like the decision they've made now with the neutral site idea. I think that's kind of the best you can get out of this situation. But we have to get there uh, first before mm-hmm. this happens mm-hmm. because this means that it has to be uh, Kansas City and uh, Buffalo would have to meet in the AFC Championship Series, which is possible, uh, certainly. Uh, but we do have to get there first. And if one of those two teams uh, goes down before then, then therefore the neutral site becomes null and yeah. void and we go back down. To Brock, Brock not, not to correct you, but Cincinnati is also involved in some of those implications too. So all three of those teams are involved in those implications. Right. Yes, that, that's correct. So if Cincinnati's in the same, uh, sorry, I forgot about Cincinnati briefly. Always um, forgetting about the Bengals, typical Cincinnati <laughs> being forgotten. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So all three of those situations are there, but if any one of those three situations get removed, then we would go with who's left, or you know, it, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna get messy as we get to the um, championship uh, rounds. But I think to answer your question, I think it's as fair as as it could be um, given the circumstance. To a degree, the NFL got really lucky because there were some potential outcomes that could have occurred this weekend that could have resulted in home field advantage being decided by coin flips and 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 playoff seedings being determined on Saturday if the Chiefs had lost. There could have been all kinds of things that went wrong, but largely the chalk played out, the favorites won, and although it's not going to be total chaos, the chaos has been minimized a little bit. The integrity of the schedule got impacted, but Brock, I think in the end we landed on humanity here and again noting that DeMar Hamlin the Bills safety appears to be doing medically quite well in his recovery a week after suffering that cardiac arrest on the field it seems like everybody's happy everybody's keeping a lid on it the owners approved it the players seem fine so you know what maybe you and I have to get on board too yeah yeah it took us uh it took us some time and uh, <laughs> I you know I'm I'm on board with it I think it's fine I think the NFL sort of was playing a bit of the betting game and hoping that the favorites would win which was what ultimately happened i would also say i found it kind of humorous and i don't know if you were watching the game or saw the highlights but at one point uh, cincinnati scored a touchdown and and their uh, end zone celebration was uh, a um, a coin flip uh, <laughs> just, um, moderately doing a coin flip and, and some of the the commentators of other games because 
of course you flip between all kinds of games yesterday and 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 they thought it was humorous and and i think everyone was having fun with it which which tells you listen we're okay with the ultimate scenario here and and that's fine yeah it was a fun day of football no doubt about it except the one game that i watched that ended 11-6 but i don't want to get into Mm. that uh brock let's talk about super bowl contenders that's the integrity of the schedule let's talk about the teams that are good It's very funny from conference to conference, Brock, because I can tell you there's probably four or five teams that could be dangerous in the AFC. And let's hold the AFC for a second, because as I look to the NFC, really, brother, other than the San Francisco 49ers who have the two seed, man, I don't know if there's anybody else in the NFC who's actually good. Philadelphia is very injured. Dallas is very inconsistent. Tampa Bay made the playoffs with a losing record. Like, there's not a lot of great stuff stuff going on in the NFC other than the San Francisco 49ers who by the way have a seventh round rookie quarterback starting for them yeah exactly it's funny because yeah we 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 joked uh, a little while ago about reading my notes and I literally have San Francisco 49ers and then question mark question mark question mark which, <laughs> yeah. which, which means uh, beyond that I don't know and the other note that I have is that listen I don't want to bet against Tom Brady they've they haven't looked so great uh this year they've made the playoffs they're gonna play the Dallas Cowboys I- in the first round cool I don't know what to make of Tom Brady but I've been wrong before when I bet against him so <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna do it here but literally you want to talk about a coin flip of a conference that's the NFC for you 100 percent I uh, went to the Ontario wagering website this morning and I put some money on San Francisco to walk out of that one. So sorry, Kingsley, one of our uh, producers hanging out down the hall, big Eagles fan. Sorry, brother. I don't think uh, I don't think your Eagles are going to get it done. Too banged up. Too many injuries on that offensive line. Brock, let's go to the AFC. Obviously, you've got the top three. We talked about them. Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City. They're all really good. To narrow even those three down to two teams, I would tell you is quite difficult. But I'll tell you, man, the Los Angeles Chargers and even the Jacksonville Jaguars could make a little bit of noise come playoff season I don't think they will I think we're still looking at the top three here but if you had to pick two of those three or two of those five who are you landing on I would pick um you know what I'm going to actually say that I am probably gonna say uh uh you know Cincinnati will be in there I think Buffalo will be in there you know, we'll see. I, I again don't want to bet on against Kansas City, but at some point the Giants got to fall, and I'm not sure that it's going to happen earlier in the playoffs. But I do think you know your top sort of two that I'm looking forward to watching would be uh, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Dave. I'm going to make you happy, but this is my honest opinion. I, Miami is not an easy out if you are the <laughs> Miami Dolphins. I understand the injuries. I get it. It depends who's a quarterback. That's all well and good. But if if the Miami Dolphins can play well, Buffalo, this is not an easy game for Buffalo either. So this first round is going to be proved to be very, Mm -hmm. very interesting. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. I, I don't want to dwell on this too much, Brock, but we once again saw Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa suffer a concussion over the Christmas holidays in that Green Bay game. There is absolutely, to my mind, no way he should be allowed to play next weekend. If you've had two confirmed concussions and a third suspected cu- concussion in one year's time, you've got to shut that guy down for the year. You have to shut him down longer for the year. To a certain degree, you just have to think about player safety. We started this conversation around humanity they really need to potentially intervene here and shut this guy down for the year. 
and especially with the conversation being around humanity, if you see that um, Miami doesn't shut him down, it may raise a lot of eyebrows in that, um, uh, you know, they didn't do this. The, the second string quarterback who's, name has escaped me with the pinky finger teddy teddy bridgewater broke his pinky against the patriots last week and now skylar thompson another seventh round pick from cincinnati is uh is the starting quarterback for miami the guy can't throw the ball five yards down the field right and so we'll see if you know teddy bridgewater somehow has a miraculous sort of situation where he can play i just don't think that your third string quarterback will be able to hold this together uh against the bills as long as the bills play well when you win a game as you mentioned uh nine nine six you're not going to win that kind of game against buffalo as long as buffalo is playing well but we'll see what happens uh when when come sunday at uh, 1 p.m eastern i think is what the schedule is at least but uh we'll see brock let's go the opposite of super bowl contenders i'm gonna name you three teams you tell me the team that you're least excited about going into the playoffs the miami dolphins the new york giants or the seattle seahawks i'll tell you right now it's my team it's the dolphins they stink they're no good but of the three maybe the other two that i mentioned who would you say you're less excited about um so you said uh, Miami, 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 the New York Giants or the Seattle Seahawks? Oh, the New York Giants. They've just been, uh, you know, up and down all season. But again, we'll see because uh, Brian Dable has had them working their tails off this year. But we'll see whether or not they can pull it together. But for me, that's the team that I'm sort of least excited about, even though you're least excited about the Miami Dolphins. But for me, it's the New York Giants. <laughs> Brock. All year long, we've been playing this game where I'm trying to get you into American college football. Well, tonight is the college football national title game. Super, super exciting. The Texas Christian University Horned Frogs are playing against the University of Georgia Bulldogs. This is, on paper, a very big mismatch with the Georgia Bulldogs being the defending champions, sending a lot of returning players back on offense, including Brock Bowers, their tight end, their quarterback, Stetson Bennett III. What a great name. Uh, if If Georgia wins tonight back-to-back titles that puts them in very very elite company we're talking about the alabamas of last decade we're talking about the nebraskas of the 90s we're talking about the miamis of the 80s this is something that not a lot of teams are able to do but brock i'm going to tell you something right now these tcu horned frogs all year long have been trouble for teams they've trailed by more than 10 points six times during the course of the season and came back to win all of those games because they're awesome and they have three NFL caliber players on their offense and some NFL bodies on their defense. Their quarterback, Max Duggan, has a great downfield passing game. He's very good at running the ball. Kendra, Kendra Miller is the running back. He's going to be a first or second round NFL draft pick this year. And watch out for Quinn Johnson, their big wide receiver, big and fast, tore Michigan apart in the semifinals. Brock, I'm telling you, don't sleep on them horned frogs tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on TSN. Yeah, no, I I will be watching this. This is, uh, I know somebody uh, from the Georgia area that uh, will be watching this and actually told uh, our acquaintance that uh, I better be watching this game. So uh, I will be doing that. And uh, it's always good. I I have been kind of gripped by college football, um, you know, when you've given me the preview. But aside from when you've given me the preview, like we've said before, TSN and their pushing sometimes can be a little... (laughs) Eh, this was suspect. So I, I lean on you towards the, the, the pushing as opposed to TSN. But yes, this game is one that I'll be uh, taking in and 
and watching and we can chat about it tomorrow hopefully it's not a mismatch though i mean i love me it might be it could be it could like i like don't get me wrong i think i think the horned frogs are tough but uh the bulldogs are real real good hey brock thank you for this buddy have a great day we'll talk to you tomorrow we'll get into some football and basketball later this week because we've ignored those sports because football is king (laughs) Yes, yes, it is. I agree. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Brock. That's Brock Richardson. He's the host of the Neutral Zone at the AMI Sports Desk. Alex Smythe is at the AMI Weather Desk. Here is your AMI National Weather Report from Environment Canada. We'll start off in Fort Worth, Newfoundland, where there's snow and blowing snow off and on today. Up to four centimeters is expected. Wind gusts up to 50 kilometers per hour, the high is minus four, with a wind chill of minus 15. The Charlottetown PEI, it's mainly cloudy with a few flurries later in the afternoon. Minus one is the high, and it's feeling like minus six. In St. John's, New Brunswick, it's a mix of sunny clouds, a high of zero, but that wind chill makes it feel like minus eight. To Quebec City, Quebec. Cloudy with snow beginning in the morning and up to two centimeters is expected to fall. The high is minus four, feeling like minus 15. To Toronto, Ontario, it's mainly cloudy with a high of three degrees, but a wind chill that makes it feel closer to minus seven. In Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, it's cloudy with a chance of snow throughout the day. Wind gusts up to 60 kilometers per hour, high of minus three, and a wind chill of minus nine. Over to Brandon, Manitoba. It's mainly cloudy, minus eight is the high, but with the wind chill, it makes it feel closer to minus 20, so it's quite cold out there. To Regina, Saskatchewan, it's a mix of sun and clouds. The high is minus one, but that wind chill makes it feel like it's minus 18, so very cold in the middle of the country here. In Lethbridge, Alberta, the skies are clearing up in the morning and it's gonna become a mainly sunny day. There are heavy winds, so with wind gusts up to 60 kilometers per hour, but the high is five degrees. Up to Red Deer, Alberta, it's a mix of sun and clouds with possible snow in the morning, but then that'll clear up later. The high is minus two and the wind chill is minus 10. Up in Whitehorse, Yukon, it's a mainly cloudy day today. The high is minus 11, but it, with the wind chill, it makes it feel like minus 18. Over to Kelowna, BC, where it's cloudy in the morning and then snow is expected to fall later in the day. The high is zero, but it'll feel like minus three. And finally, Vancouver, BC. Clouds are rolling in today and there are a few showers starting late in the morning and the high is eight degrees. That was your AMI National Weather Report from Environment Canada. Thank you very much, Alex. Looking forward to you running the round table in a couple of minutes. But coming up next, Sony has introduced an adaptive gaming kit at this year's CES. Stephen Scott of Double Tap TV will fill you in with those details. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI.
Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. CES took place last week in Las Vegas. A whole range of new items were introduced. Here to talk about a few of them is Stephen Scott. Stephen is the co-host of Double Tap Canada, which you can find on AMI-tv Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Hey, good morning, Stephen. How are you, sir? I am all right, Dave. How are you? Lovely to be with you. Yeah, lovely to be with you as well. Stephen, before we get into Sony's adaptive gaming kit and a new uh, policy at Belkin for recycled plastic materials, was there, was there any level of fear of missing out last week with you in Scotland, not on the ground in Las Vegas? Well, I have to be honest, I thought I might be rather upset about not being there, um, but I decided that staying at home and catching COVID all on my own was far more oh, enjoyable. Oh, um, so, no, it, it's, well, I, I haven't caught COVID, thankfully, although I, I probably did have it. I mean, who'd know these who days? Knows, right? Who we knows? Who knows? Yeah. At some point. <laughs> um, you know what? The Consumer Electronics Show is a fantastic show, but this year, I have to be honest, it's not been the greatest. And I think it's partly driven by the fact that, you know, there is a major economic problem in this country. and you know, around the world, frankly, at the moment. And as a result of that, you know, there just aren't as many innovations out there. Companies mm, aren't taking mm. as many risks. So not as, not as big, I would say, in terms of innovation this year. Yeah, the, when you're talking about layoffs at major tech companies all across the board, it's kind of hard for them to then have a big parade and throw a big cocktail party and be like, oh, look at the great things we're doing in our sphere <laughs> as we lay off 10,000 people. Yeah, oh, bad looks, exactly. bad optics. Uh, but Stephen, let's talk about a couple of the things that got dropped here. We did see that Sony's adaptive gaming kit came out as part of their Project Leonardo. Before we talk about generally Project Leonardo, what does this new kit feature? So this is a really interesting new kit. This is a controller for PlayStation. Now, I imagine this will work on PlayStation, obviously, 5, but also possibly 4 as well. Mm -hmm. And really what this is is kind of a follow-up, if you like, to what the Xbox adaptive controller was. You might remember Microsoft announcing this mm -hmm. a while back. And, you know, this was a project which really was a lot of years in the making, and it allows people who are disabled, who have certain disabilities, to be able to control games more easily. And really allows, frankly, someone who is is physically disabled to be able to actually use and play games on a pla on a platform you know like Xbox and now PlayStation so this is quite a big deal how does this fit into the bigger goal of project leonardo so the, the goal, I think, of Project Leonardo is really simply that, is to make gaming more accessible. And it follows up, as I say, on that Microsoft work. This has been ongoing for years. Now, how long, we don't actually know how long Project Leonardo has been in the making, but the suggestions are that it would be three to five years in the making at least because of the amount of work they would have to do to make sure the controller would work across games and all the rest. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the actual device itself, this is a really unique piece of kit because it's not a controller in the standard fashion. This is something which is almost like a round design, um, almost like a clock face design with all the different buttons at each point in the clock face. And then you have a separate joystick, which is potentially separate, but also can be part of the main unit and mm. allows different people with different conditions someone with one hand, someone with you know several fingers, whoever it might be that are unable to use or however they use the game or play the game to be able to enjoy and play. Now, this is not something that I'll say is for blind people per se. This is not something, I mean, you could potentially use it, but I think this is going to be something for people who are physically disabled and really could benefit from, you know, and 
have a desire to play games, why mm -hmm. wouldn't you? Oh, I mean, heck yeah, it's a great way to pass the time. It's a really cool hobby. Yeah. We all have different levels of sight. I, I have a little bit of sight that I can play a couple sports games that I really like, um, some more than others, based on the amount of text yeah. that pops up on screen <laughs> and the amount of prompts I have to deal with. But Stephen, what about you? You ever uh, pop in front of the computer and play some games? Well, look, I am known worldwide for my terrible driving skills on a game called Euro Truck Simulator. Um, and that is about the absolute height of it, to be perfectly honest. Um, there is just, it, there's no more to it than that, frankly. It is frankly terrible. But uh, I do my best. I do my best. And I do love playing the game. I mean, I, I think for me, slow driving is the answer. Um, least damage and, <laughs> you know, the ability to see where I'm going for a little bit anyway. <laughs> well, Stephen, let's change lanes. I mentioned that uh, Belkin, oh, Belkin, the technology company, is putting out a new policy when it comes to recycled plastic. What do they have in mind exactly? Well, this is interesting because, look, we all know about the work that companies are trying to do to make packaging uh, less impactful on the planet. But this actually goes one step further because what Belkin are doing here is they're actually making the products themselves out of what they call post-production consumer plastic. So really what they're doing here is they're taking plastic that's already in landfill, bringing it back out and then reusing it to build new products. So essentially it's true recycling. Now this has been going on for a while with some companies they've started doing this, but Belkin are probably the first to really go for this and make their entire lineup do this, which is mm. really interesting. So again, it's going to be hugely impactful on the, the amount of plastic that's created. I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but it's some huge amount of carbon uh, that will not be required for this, you know, huge amounts of plastic that will not be getting dumped into our oceans. You know, in some cases can be dredged out and reused, which is fantastic mm -hmm, news. And mm -hmm. of course, the packaging as well will also be recycled as well. So, you know, this is good. This is good to see. Belkin is one of these companies that maybe they're not a household name to the degree of, say, Samsung or Apple or even maybe one of their competitors, Otterbox, but Belkin makes a ton of products in the mobile space, right? Stands, chargers, etc. That's the thing, right? So Belkin, you'll probably have heard the name if you've ever bought an accessory. Maybe you've bought a cable to charge up your smartphone. Maybe you've bought a charging power bank or maybe one of those MagSafe uh, chargers if you've mm -hmm, got a, mm -hmm. Oh, you don't have an iPhone, do you? Dave? I do oh, not, sir. I do not, sir. Um, but, you know, if you've got one of those MagSafe phones or, you know, frankly, if you've got a, a desire for a wireless charger, you can buy a Belkin one. And, you know, many companies do them, of course, but Belkin are well known and they're well trusted in the industry. In a world where, quite frankly, Dave, there are a lot of products on sale very cheaply to oh, yeah. charge your devices. <laughs> you've got to be careful, right? You've got to be careful because we've all had it. <laughs> and Stephen, I'm a, sucker. The... I'm a sucker for all of them. I'm just scrolling through Amazon being like, oh, I'll take that. I got one for my wife, and it was a no-name one, and no name and no mark. I tell you, it was terrible. <laughs> Within about five minutes of using this thing, it had fallen apart. Oh, no. And, you know, you don't get that. I've got a Belkin one on my desk that I use, and it is absolutely brilliant. It has no issues, no charge. So you, you spend more money, but you do get what you pay for. Yeah, it is a household name in that regard. But, yeah, it's not... It doesn't sell computers or, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's more accessories for products. What do you think them taking a leadership role on this recycled plastic initiative may mean for some of their competitors in terms of maybe setting the market or setting a standard? 
listen, they're all out to do this. Every company wants to be net zero, right? They all want to get their carbon emissions down. And, you know, Apple are following up on this. Google will follow as well, as will Amazon. And we've started to see that more and more companies are pulling away from the amount of plastic. I mean, how many, do you remember the days you would buy an SD card? Oh, my gosh. Micro SD card. And this thing came in about a ton of plastic. I mean, it was ridiculous. (laughs) And you didn't need all that stuff. You know, nowadays it's coming in cardboard or it's coming in, you know, a different form. Again, all recyclable, which is really important. So moving away from plastic is key. It's great to see the company that are doing this work in actually bringing the, these reused plastics back into products. We saw this a while ago. Microsoft did a similar thing with a mouse. They had built a mouse out of ocean plastics. Mm. And mm-hmm. you know, it was such a simple idea. But, you know, it made people realize that when they were buying, if they need a new mouse, well, I'd rather buy that one because at least I know that I'm not buying something that had to be re you know, essentially invented or recreated, you know, built from mm-hmm. scratch. As mm-hmm. as well. um, you know, so I think this is good. It's good to see. I mean, look, I, I'm a guy that buys and chucks out ridiculous amount of stuff. I, I could probably fill my own landfill site. <laughs> so I'm really not one to sit here and lecture anybody on, you know, plastics and, and buying. But, you know, I will say I think it's important. I think we're all realizing the importance of it more so now. I uh, I create uh, quite the recycling pile every weekend of cans oh. of uh, varying kinds. Uh, Stephen, it's a new year, It's a, but it's the same old quality Double Tap TV. What's coming up on Double Tap tomorrow night? I'm so glad you put the word quality in there. Um, I'm not sure it merits it. Uh, but yes, uh, we are going to be talking tonight about something you'll enjoy. Yes, Google Pixel phones. Uh, Pixel 7 Pro and also the new Pixel Watch is going to be reviewed on Double Tap TV tonight. So do check that out, because especially the watch. I think a lot of people are interested mm-hmm. to know what this watch is going to do. And a lot of blind people are asking the question, OK, how does this work yeah. compared to you know the Apple Watch that I have? Stephen, just a few minutes ago, you were talking about uh, you were talking about oh the no name stuff you might buy on one of these retailers named after a major mm. river. Uh, over the holidays, I bought myself a twenty dollars <laughs> smartwatch on said retailer, uh, a no name smartwatch on that retailer. Wow. So I have yet to take it out of the box. I'll, I'll report back to you later this week or next week on how that process goes. If you can return it, I would, or just throw it straight in landfill. It's probably <laughs> right not even worth it. <laughs> right into the Stephen Scott landfill. Hey, Stephen, much love, brother. Have a great day. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> That's Stephen Scott. He's one of the co-hosts of Double Tap TV. You can follow the Double Tap team on Twitter at Double Tap on air coming up after the break alex Smythe will conduct our daily roundtable we'll talk about the events that you're already marking your calendar for this year is it wrestlemania is it the oscars there could be so many things this is now with dave brown on ami tv It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Alex Smythe will be conducting this roundtable train in just a couple of moments, but let's introduce the other members of the roundtable. We have AMI-audio producer Nazreen Abdel-Majid. Hello, Nazreen. And we have the co-host of Kelly and Ramya, Ramya Amuthan. Hello, Ramya. Hey, Dave. Beautiful. Okay, I'm going to hand things over to Alex. Alex is going to set up the topic, and then we'll engage in discourse. Alex, go with it, brother. 
Yeah, so if uh, you guys were listening earlier in the show, Dave is very pumped out because tonight is the BCS College Football Championship. It's a huge event. You know, for many, it is the biggest event of the year, especially in sports, and they treat it almost like a holiday. So I want to find out from, from everyone on this panel, like, what are some of the top events of the year that you always mark your calendar for? Now, it doesn't have to be sports. Like, for, for a sporting event, it could be like the Super Bowl, but it could also be something like if you're in the Ottawa area, Ottawa Blues Fest, mm-hmm. or it could be like an award show like the Oscars. It could be, you know, TIFF coming back to Toronto, or maybe even something like the the start of the fall programming season, which is always very big, all the new shows that come out or the returning ones. So I want to find out from everyone. Nisreen, let's start with you. What is the big event that you always mark your calendar for? Now, I was I was thinking so hard about this question when you sent this out. I was like, oh my God, I don't have anything on my calendar. But then I thought <laughs> the taste of the Middle East really hit me. Um, I really love it because it, it, it provides entertainment, all types of food. I mean, you go there just for the food. I mean, there's every type of Middle Eastern food you can think of. It's in Celebration Square where I go and it's like July 22nd to the 24th. So it's a week long. It's so nice. You you meet all types of people. Like it's uh, you it's it's just a vibe. Honestly, it's like uh, Casa Toronto or something like that. I think it's called that, where it's different cultures uh, of a festival in a festival. So uh, it's pretty fun. Um, the other thing that I could think of is when I book a Raptors game Mm -hmm. i think that's when i book it that's when i get so excited about the date so uh i went last week on friday when they were versing the knicks and i was uh, keeping that in my calendar for a while so that that was the only thing i can think of yeah okay everybody pause everybody drop everything first of all nazreen i can't believe it was a knicks game i can't believe you spent all the extra money to go see the knicks play because 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 a lot of new yorkers come up to watch the games in toronto because it's cheaper for them to buy a knicks ticket in toronto but it jacks up the price of the toronto tickets how was your experience at the game did you have a good time it was such a fun time. There were so many New Yorkers, that's for a fact. Like every time they made a goal, everybody was cheering and I'm like, I think you're confused about the team. <laughs> I think you're confused. You guys missed the memo. It's a Raptors game. <laughs> yeah, but it was a fun time. Um uh, it sucks that they lost, but uh, it, was, it was fun. That's the way yeah. she goes. Ramya, what about you? As you start putting your calendar together for 2023, what are the events that you're marking off? Yeah, I mean, I never mark off anything until it starts blowing up on social anyways. And I go, oh, yeah, I should probably clear off my Sunday for this. Um, You know, I I never mark my calendars for sports, but Super Bowl is just a bit more than sports, right? Obviously, there is the halftime performance. There's always wings involved. It's going to be Rihanna. It's going to be Rihanna this year. Yeah, yeah, and she's great. And there's been a lot of, um, like, her prepping and everything on social. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. And in past years, I've been more and more excited, right? depending on who the uh, artist is, but I love it. I love the vibe of Super Bowl. I, for the life of me, can't understand football. It's just, it's not going to work, but um, <laughs> the the entertainment behind it is amazing. And then Nisreen, as, as you put it, like all the different foodie festivals that come to Toronto, arts festivals that come to Toronto, even yeah. not Toronto, but like Coachella, like anything where there's, pop in musical performances or locally where there's food i'm 
pretty much there. And you don't even really have to mark your calendars to be there. But um, there are times when Toronto is just raving mm-hmm. about different things like Taste of the Danforth or Salsa on St. Clair. And I usually find myself um, going to those festivals. Right. There, there's so many different levels to this. Things can be big and things can be small. Things can be done yeah. on your sofa. Things can be done in person. You mentioned Coachella, for example. One of the neat things about Coachella is they live stream all their shows on YouTube Absolutely. for free. Oh, gratis, right? So you can spend all weekend watching Coachella from the comfort of your sofa and not the discomfort of a porta potty or a tent on site. So there's like there's really something to that. But as you start marking the calendar, you're right, Ramya. Sometimes it's about social or the news putting it on your agenda. The Super Bowl obviously is one for me. WrestleMania is another one. I get together with the same three guys every single year to watch WrestleMania, and we have just a hoot together. And then as the as the year goes along, you see stuff like the Oshiaga Music Festival, but I'm I'm not doing that anymore. I, I'm officially too old to be hanging around a music festival at the end of July, early August, getting a sunburn, getting lost in crowds of 70,000 people. But Alex, what about you? You asked the question, but as you look inwardly, what are the events that you're looking for? Yeah, so I, I kind of listed a couple of them uh, off in, in my example. So definitely Super Bowl is one that I'm always ensuring, okay, I'm going to be here on Sunday. I'm going to have wings like like Ramya was saying, you know, I'm I'm going to make sure I'm there. I'm not focused on the entertainment. I'm I'm focused on the game itself because it's always one of those traditions that uh, I've I've had in my household. Now, it's never a big party. It, it used to be, but I found, you know, you get 20, 30 people in a room, 90% of them don't actually care about the game and they're just like having fun. They want to watch the uh the halftime show or watch the commercials. I want to watch the game, so it's typically me, my dad, and maybe my cousin will come over and, and we'll sit down, we'll watch the game, we'll have some food, and it, it'll be a good time. So that one for sure. The other one that I've done the last like five to seven years that has always been uh, really fun is TIP. Now, it was it's always difficult trying to get access to uh, to the festival to get to the films you want to go to. And with COVID the last few th- years, it's complicated it, but... That's always one I, I mark on my calendar at the beginning of uh, September. Okay, how can I try to get tickets? How, what films are coming? What do I want to check out and things like that? So there's plenty of other ones I, I've used to, to do and used to be involved with, but I've kind of narrowed that focus a bit to ones that I'm still like actively trying mm-hmm. to, to check out and be involved in. I, I want to get to your chopping block uh, events in a second, Alex, but I want to offer Nizreen and Ramya an opportunity on, on, in on this one as well, because you guys have been Torontonians forever. Nizreen, have you ever done the TIFF thing, the Toronto International Film Festival thing? I wanted to, but I never, I never uh, did. I, it wasn't that interesting to me in the beginning, but the, for the past couple of years, everybody has been talking about it. So I'm like, I need to give it a chance. And I really want to access one of the films. So it, it's kind maybe. of, beca- it's kind of become one of these things that it's become very corporate and become very exclusive. It's hard to get engaged yeah. with the TIFF stuff. It's a lot of red carpets. It's a lot of flash bulbs. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of fashion. And then there's and parties. That's my vibe. That, that is fashion is definitely your vibe. That is true. That is true. We always say the most fashionable member of the now with Dave Brown crew. Ramya, what about you? You've, you're like, you're involved in the arts, especially music, yeah. but I'm curious about TIFF. Do you ever kind of get that? itch um to be honest i haven't actually done tiff on purpose but what's happened is and i i i think that this is like annual for me 
it always feels like Toronto is engulfed in TIFF. Like the culture is everywhere. <laughs> if you're walking around downtown, you will meet somebody who's either attending TIFF or looking forward to a film or something specific. I've had so many conversations with strangers around TIFF um, who have just like broken down the festival and people are reviewing on the streets and it, it transforms the city. It definitely does. Um, I understand what you're saying about like how corporate it's gone, but because I haven't actually done it i have no clue on that level but mm -hmm. in terms of just walking around the city um the tourism is everywhere alex you brought up the idea of stuff that used to be important and maybe has lost some of that importance or has gotten chopped to saying i can't give the mental or physical energy for this kind of event so what no longer makes the cut for you yeah, there's, a, there's two big ones that stand out for me. One in Toronto that I used to always go to right around Labor Day weekend was Fan Expo, which was Canada's and Toronto's answer to Comic-Con. It was a huge like film, television, nerd uh, convention that always took place at the Toronto Convention Centre. And it was massive. And it was tons of fun. But after like doing it year after year, it kept growing, kept growing. And it would be far less space to get around like you would literally spend six hours walking around the different exhibition uh floors shuffling like step by step because there's just people shoulder to shoulder everywhere and you start realizing okay i'm spending a ton of money to go to this event i'm not really able to move around i, I don't like being around too too many people well this is not exactly that much fun anymore so i, I kind of stepped away from from doing that one the other one, which is much more synonymous in Burlington where I am, is the Sound of Music Festival, which was always a phenomenal uh, free music festival in uh, our downtown uh, lakeside uh, park, Spencer Smith Park. The last, like, I think four, five, six years, they've started bringing in uh, paid concerts. So you had to pay, like, sometimes it would be 60 to $80 for one night oof, to go into the, the festival. And then they would have, whereas before it was always free the entire weekend, but then they started stacking the the paid lineup and then any of the people who were appearing during the, the free uh, nights were not really up to the same caliber. So it really kind of weighed, weighed uh, people to go for the, the paid nights. And of course, the space is very limited and you can't really grow a, a waterfront park downtown Burlington because you've got the lake on one side and you've got a busy street on the other. So more people come every year it becomes less uh, uh, comfortable to be around. It becomes expensive. So you kind of say, is it worth it? No, mm -hmm. I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'll pass. Ramya, I mentioned the Oceaga Music Festival is no longer for me because last time I was there, I got absolutely lost among 70,000 people and got quite the sunburn as well. So Oceaga used to be something that I loved. I now sort of limit my music festivals to saying no more than 25 to 30,000 people. That's my, that's, my absolute, that's my absolute ceiling for the amount of people I want to be around. What about you? What's something that used to be special for you that you just don't find time for anymore? Um, this is sadly for me, the CNE, I, I could say Wonderland as well, because I did Wonderland last year and decided, wow, this is, <laughs> that was it. That was it. That was oh all. Oh my gosh. It is absolutely not the way it was when you were a teenager, you know, but, uh, CNE, like I used to love going to the X and that's something that I would mark down in my calendar Labor Day weekend. That's what, um, uh, hit me when you said that Alex. And then now, like I went last year because it was sentimental, you know, after years of the X closing because of COVID, let's all get back into it. But I promise you, after the air show, I was already drained mm. and I, I pretty much spent five minutes in the food building, got something because I was starving and then left because the, the crowds are just way too much. I find it overstimulating, um, all the noise, all the people, all the the 
sound effects from the games and the kids and yeah just it was way like my me and my cane couldn't handle it Nizreen, mm. <laughs> what about you something that used to be special that you just don't find the time or energy for anymore I'm so glad you brought that up uh you brought up Wonderland Ramya because growing up that used to be so special to me every single summer we used to get season passes me and my sisters and we'd go every year and for the past couple of years actually two years ago when we went I felt pain like I've never felt before mm. on the rides and I immediately like every ride I went on I was like I I can't handle this anymore. I literally can't handle this anymore. I need to get out of here. And after that moment, I'm like, I this is not for me. <laughs> so uh, something like that used to be really special. I used to also watch like the Grammys and Oscars. Now I just keep up uh, on social media, just like yeah, watching the highlights. Yeah. And I'm like, that's good enough for me. I mean, why would I, why would I sit through something for four hours yeah. if I can check the results on five in five minutes online the next day? Exactly. It, exactly. Now that said, I find the Grammys are a little bit different because of the live musical performances. There's like a little value added there, but in terms of the Oscars, like I don't care if you're opening the envelope or not, like too bad. Yep. <laughs> now that said, if you, yep. if you gamble on it, you know, it's different, but that that's, that's gambling on everything. Uh, Nisreen, thank you for your thoughts on this one. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Alex, wicked topic, dude. Thank you for uh, getting this round table spinning. Uh, thank you, Dave. It's always fun. Before we say goodbye to Ramya, you may have noticed that I introduced her slightly differently today as the co-host of Kelly and Ramya. That's because as of today at 2 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-TV and AMI-audio, Ramya and Kelly are hitting the airwaves via simulcast. Ramya, big TV day for y'all. Oh my gosh, I know, Dave. At 2 p.m., like, you know, it's T minus however many hours till 2 p.m. We're all very, very excited. Uh, tell me more about the excitement. Un un unpack what you guys are feeling here to start the day. Sure. Um, so it was like our last, our, you know, the last couple of months have been um, celebrating lasts on just being an AMI audio show or just being an audio only show, right? Our last Christmas show, our last uh, weekend before the launch, our last practice test show. And it's been very, very emotional. Um, our team has expanded. We have all of these wonderful people helping us out in the control room, our new visual producers, etc. So it's been fun getting to know everybody and also for them getting to know us and all the needs and and creatives and things that are going into the show so i think that um today we're we're gonna get into it with a lot of great content but also just so much emotion mm -hmm. um, with what we're leaving behind and then what we're expanding into it's a whole new world for you guys yeah. as you're on this magic carpet ride so that means you've got to come out of the gate exploding with good stuff Ramya. so sure. what's on the show what's the content to keep the people coming on am my TV. Okay, well, we have regular people joining us. And when I mean regular, I'm talking about contributors who haven't <laughs> left us. They followed us to TV. Okay, they're, they're absolutely not regular in another sense. They're exemplary. Uh, we have our tech talk with Michael Babcock, and he's revealing his theme of the year. So he's actually themed out his entire year of weekly tech conversations to come on Mondays, and he's going to tell us exactly what that is. We have our money on different things, Kelly and I, but uh, we'll find out exactly <laughs> on the show today. We're also talking with Ashley Eakin. She's a disabled writer and director. Uh, we're talking to her about the state of representation of persons with disability in media. Mm. And of course, this is a 
big, big conversation. And she's got so much to say about it as she resides in L.A., um, where everything and anything is happening, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We're also, with her, getting a peek into our AMI Tempur-Pedic contest that we've been teasing the last little while. Um, And then to wrap things up, later on in the show, Know Your Rights conversation uh, with Danielle McLaughlin. She's looking back at important issues she's talked about and we've discussed in 2022 and kind of determining what of these issues are going to stay around, stick around in 2023 as important and significant. When you say Tempur-Pedic competition, are we giving away a bed? Are we giving away something, Dave? Oh, okay. All right. I no. wonder, I, I could use a new bed, so I wonder if I can qualify <laughs> for this one. I wonder if you I can, can't. I wonder You're if staff. I can rig the voting to make sure I can get Sorry. myself one of these new beds. Uh, Ramya, I tried it for five years. It, there's there's awesome. no sleeping during Kelly, the first edition of Kelly and Ramya. We're going to be wide awake. We're going to be wired to the gills. You guys are going to kill it today. Have a great show. And even if you don't, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for the support. It's all love with Ramya. That's Ramya and within the co-host of Kelly and Ramya coming your way at 2 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv and AMI-audio simulcast style. And don't forget, just like our show, if you do miss it live, you can always catch it via podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. If you're already subscribed to the Kelly and Company podcast, no problem. It'll change right over for you. But you should search for Kelly and Rumya on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get that good stuff. And once you've done that, don't forget to subscribe to Now with Dave Brown on your favorite podcasting platform and share it with friends and tell everybody about all the great segments that we do. Coming up next, we land the plane and wish you a happy Monday. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI. It's now with Dave Brown. Let's hit the horns again. <laughs> I thought we'd give you a second set of horns today. You did not get it. We've only got about 90 seconds left on the show today. I want to thank you for making time to be with us today as we launched our new studio. An ongoing conversation I've had with my therapist is that you should not define yourself by what you do for a living. But let me tell you, not talking to you for the last month has been very, very difficult on me. There's a lot of energy and emotion and just catharsis that I get to go through every single day spending time with you and chatting with you. So thank you for your patience over the course of the last month. But I'm so grateful that we got to spend some time together today and renew this conversation. We will be back again tomorrow when Megan Gilmore stops by to look ahead to disability, accessibility, and and other issues and discussions heading into 2023. And while I'm offering thanks and gratitude, a major thank you goes to all the folks who worked behind the scenes, who don't get the love that they deserve, who put that control room together and have done all this testing and building of this new studio over the course of the last four weeks in earnest, but six to eight weeks in terms of total training. Until we get together tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, I'm Dave Brown reminding you to play safe, play fair, but don't forget to have some fun.
Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.